Welcome back to The Walters Show. And today we are in Gothenburg, recording from the headquarters of Polestar, where we meet with Jonathan Goodman, Polestar's COO. And uh, without much more preamble, here is Jonathan Goodman. Super excited to be here. I'm at the Gothenburg headquarters of Polestar. And, uh, you know, all the best things in life rolled into one. There are cars, electric electric cars, and uh, and Gothenburg. And Gothenburg. Yeah. What, a, what, what a combination. No, and welcome. It's, we're, we're delighted to have you here at Polestar. Um, I think it's a hugely exciting time for us as a company. We've been working on this project for, for over two years. And uh, now we're about, you know, we're literally a month away from our first customer deliveries. Um, and then we roll out our whole program, which we hope is going to uh, actually a little bit revolutionize the way in which the, 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 the car industry has been working. So it's, it's an exciting project in product terms, but also in the way we bring the products to market. So are you excited, nervous? No, I'm very excited. I think, you, you know, I, I've... Uh, like many people, you know, like probably 50% of the people in the company here have been in the car industry. Um, and like me, they've been in the car industry for a long time. And to get the chance and the opportunity to do something completely new, uh, to put all the lessons that you think you've learned, all the things that have frustrated you in the past and say, right, if we start from scratch and start a new brand, how do we do it better? And that was the challenge that we had. So it, it's, a, it's a hugely exciting one that means that very, very easy to get up out of bed in the morning. Yeah, and you have taken a slightly different route here because if you look at you know Audi and Mercedes, they're both launching EVs with their own brand uh, on it, and uh, you are Polestar. You are not Volvo. No, we're not. I mean, we're we're uh, we come from Volvo, and I think we're very very proud of our of our connections with Volvo. So Volvo platforms underpin our our vehicles, but the 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 job from day one was for us to be a standalone brand. Um, bringing new ideas, bringing very much a pioneering brand, bringing a sense of excitement. Um, and I think that was a hugely important decision because one of the problems that I think a lot of the, the, the vehicle manufacturers are going to face as they launch electric cars is that for the next four or five years, 70-80% of their volume is going to be petrol and diesel vehicles. How do you talk about electric vehicles whilst at the same time the vast majority of your cars are going to be the more traditional cars? And so hybrids will come out and plug-in hybrids. Yeah, absolutely. Whereas at Polestar, as a standalone electric vehicle brand, we're in a position to actually be just focused on EV, focused on sustainable um, mobility, and focused on doing things a little bit differently in a way that makes sense and is going to resonate with the customer. And uh, I've looked at both of your cars. You actually have two. You have the PS1 and the PS2, or Polestar 1 and PS2. Polestar 1 and Polestar That's 2. Say, I think right? someone got there first with the PS1 and PS2. Yeah. Denomination. <laughs> and they're at the PS4 now, so yeah, they're ahead of you. But uh, the Polestar 1 and the Polestar 2, and, the po- and they're both like the opposite ends of your range, right? That's a super luxury Polestar 1, and you have the... Consumer-oriented uh, Polestar Two, right? Yeah, I think think of the Polestar. Think of it as almost two bookends of the brand. You've got a Polestar One, which will be low volume, carbon fiber body, very exclusive car. Will only build five hundred a year. Will only build fifteen hundred in total. Very much a halo car for the brand. 
around about 155,000 euros. So 600 horsepower, 1,000 newton meters of torque, fabulous, beautiful looking car, avant-garde design, great car to launch the brand with. And then at the other end, um, you have the Polestar 2. And the Polestar 2, for people that don't know it, they, they if you think in, in size term of a Tesla Model 3, um, it's, it's equivalent size, but it's very much our take with this fabulous avant-garde design, pure EV electric vehicle, 408 horsepower, um, acceleration that gets you from naught to 100 in 100 kilometers an hour in, in under five seconds. So it's very much a performance electric car, but then you're talking for the first year of its launch of a car around about 60,000 euros. And then 12 months after that, we'll bring derivatives that are actually going to be less expensive than that. So what we want to do is have a Polestar range that fits between those two areas. And effectively with Polestar 2, I think it goes some way towards a sort of democratization of, uh, of the electric vehicles, making them affordable. There are very few cars that offer that level of performance that are available at that price. Yeah, because the Polestar is a performance brand too, and that's the heritage of the brand as well, right? Yeah, that's exciting heritage. It's been about um, optimization and performance elements for um, for Volvo, which it's done for Volvo cars for successfully for a number of years. With the brand, we wanted to take that to the next level. Um, one of the things we inherited with the with the teams that joined us was some tremendous chassis expertise that comes from the racing heritage of of, of, of Polestar of old. Um, which means that we're able to set our cars up, and that's very much the way we've done it, as true driver's cars. And uh, I was lucky enough to, to, to work with Volvo for, for a couple of years on in communication. I saw all the marvellous coverage there was of beautiful Volvo cars, design, safety, interiors. Um, but at the same time, when I read the press, and it was wonderful, no article ever started with the words, this is one of the best cars I've ever driven. And with Polestar, what we want is every article starting with the words, this is one of the best cars I've ever driven. Right, the ultimate driving machine. Oh, that's taken too. Oh. Yeah, no, we no, <laughs> very much our own take. So they, they, yeah. they're going to be great cars to drive. They're going to yeah. be great cars to look at. I think the, the avant-garde design of the Polestar product is something that's going to please people. Wonderful interiors to the car, super quality. But at the same time, people are going to get behind the wheel and go, wow. This, uh, you know, I, when we did the first press drive, a couple of journalists went in the Polestar 1 and one of them said, how are you going to differentiate from Volvo? And I said, I just asked a question, said, well, you've just driven the car. And he went, yes. And I said, did it drive like a Volvo? And he went, no. And and that for me is the difference. So it's a complementary brand to the, to, to the Volvo brand taking... Um, we go into a territory that Volvo aren't in. So I think it's complementary for the Volvo car group. And we're very, very proud to be part of that. Volvo own 50% of Polestar. Um, we're using their platforms. We're using the R&D technology that they're working on. And we're very proud of that association because it enables us to come to market with a speed um, that we wouldn't do if we were just a, a, a startup that was 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 not there. We, we kind of, in a way, talk, to, talk about ourselves as a 90-year-old startup. So yeah. all the agility of a startup, but 90 years of experience behind us. Right. And but the Polestar One is a hybrid car, right? Yeah. And why is that? Because I think the the, the sort of GT Tourer that it is, um, you have um, a population that do fairly high mileage uh, on a consistent level, and it's actually pretty coherent with that. To say you're giving them the flexibility to be able to drive. I mean, it's got a 150 kilometer electric range, so 
on a day-to-day basis, you, if you want to, you could just drive that car as an electric vehicle. But for that type of driver, you get the you get the the, the petrol engine cutting in, which means that you've then got in total 600 horsepower, 1,000 newton meters of torque, a flexibility that's that's there for it. But it's only going to be small volume. So it was very much for us a, a wish to produce this fabulous car. Um, it lends itself to being a, a performance hybrid. I think it takes hybridization into a new world because it's got the longest range of any hybrid on the market at 150 kilometers. But at the same time, it says, wow, this, this is a brand that's going to do things differently. And we introduced technology like torque vectoring which is the the first in the Volvo car group a car that you know drives like it's on rails and we're actually in America at the moment doing the the press testing uh, the first official press press test of the of the of, of the Polestar 1 so we're looking forward to reading what they say yeah well it looks it's almost like a batmobile it's like yeah. it's awesome uh, it's one for it but Very you know, importantly for us it will be the only hybrid we do every car from Polestar 2 onwards that we launch will be a full battery electric vehicle and a full battery electric performance vehicle. Right, and that makes sense. And uh, can we expect a Polestar one with all electric drivetrain? Uh, no, I think that's unlikely. We're, <laughs> we're, we're you're just in you're just I think in in, in development costs. Um, so you know we're we're going to build that car for three years. We'll build a Polestar one in five hundred a year, so it's fifteen hundred in total. So it's going to be very very exclusive. Um, I guess the question, which I'm not going to answer today, but the, will there at, will there at some point in, in, in the future be a, a successor to the Polestar 1? We hope so. And will that successor to the Polestar 1 be a pure EV? Yes, it will. Yeah. And one question that kind of um, is relevant to me, I've been driving electric cars uh, for four years now. Very happy with that. You don't have to convince me to buy an electric car. But why should I switch from uh, a Tesla to a Polestar? I guess there, for me there are three or four reasons. I think the Tesla Model 3 is a fantastic car um, and I think it's great for us to join the competition around Tesla Model 3 and give people an alternative which they haven't had up, up to now. So my my beliefs are, are fairly simple. I think that in design terms we've got a, a more classically beautiful car. Um, I think the interior offers something very different from the Tesla Model 3 and then it's down to customer choice to say which interior they prefer. I'm confident that plenty of people will 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 love the interior of the uh of the Polestar of the Polestar 2. I think the fact that you've got this tremendous boot fastback look which gives you a fantastic accessibility into into the load space. I think in driving dynamics, the, the, the work that the chassis team and Joachim, our, our, Ritom, our, our, our test driver and, and test engineer have done, give this just the most fantastic driving performance. Um, and not we're not just talking about straight line speed. It's You're talking about how does the car feel when you go into a, in, into a curve. And I think that that's where Polestar 2 will really stand apart from, from some of the competition. Yeah, and you, you have... Um because that would be actually an argument to convince me and you have from the get-go you have this low center of gravity right yeah and i think and that's one of the great advantages of 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 having a a battery engineered battery electric vehicle is that the weight of the battery lowers the center of gravity um, because it's low down in there um, and the body on top of that means that you actually lower the center of gravity of the car pushing it down on its wheels giving it a really good handling position as a start when you then add in the olin suspension 
and the chassis setup that we've put into this car, you've got a fantastic driver's car. I can't believe we're doing this interview without me having driven the car. <laughs> well, we'll have to put that right very soon. You know, we're the first the first drivable cars, we, we've got some test vehicles around yeah. here. Um, but then we go into a phase through the back end of this year and early next year where we'll start to drive the car and we'll make sure you get into one. Yeah, I, I will have to do some complimentary questions after that probably. Now, I'm very excited about that and I'm very excited to get into that car and see what it can do. And also not not only um, because it's I'm expecting it to be great, but it's a Swedish car, you know? It, I'm and I'm I'm all about Nordic entrepreneurship and and uh, you know the uh, the Swedish entrepreneurship and you know, entrepreneurship. I think one of the the fantastic things is that you've got what now about 220 30 people based here, uh, living and breathing Polestar every day in in the middle of Tuschlander. Um totally committed to 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 making this company a success and and coming in excited about it every day and it's it's a fabulous atmosphere to work in and to see the the quality and the talent of people. Um, uh, and when you come into this environment where there's there's a lot more freedom of action, you, you really start to see the best, best of people. And we've got a lot of Nordics. We've got a lot of other other countries as well. So we've, we've got a really broad mix. Again, 50% of people who are automotive, 50% non-automotive. So head of marketing from Red Bull. We've got the, the, our retail guys who've come from the high street retail, H&M, Espresso House. So very much a, a new people with new ideas who are allied to sort of old timers like me and, and, and dragging me into the future, which is exciting. Yeah, speaking of you, you, know, um, you are the COO of the company, right? Yeah. Uh, so, and your name is Jonathan Goodman. We never said that. We never said it. No, that, that is my name, Jonathan <laughs> yeah. Goodman. Uh, and you have a solid, I've, I've, because I've done some research on you and you have a solid background in, in the automotive industry for sure. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I spent. Uh, I've uh, I've been in the automotive industry for about thirty three years now. Was frightens me slightly when I say that. Um, spent time with a with a with a French manufacturer for for, for many years in commercial in commercial roles, uh, sales, fleet sales, um, ran countries, ran product programs, um, and then ended up running communications for them on a worldwide basis. Um, then in 2014, you could say I saw the light. Uh, I came and joined uh, Volvo, um, who asked me to come and head up communications for Volvo, which I did. Absolutely fantastic. Just as we we're launching, they were launching XC90. Um, it was a, it was a wonderful period to be looking after communications um, and see the success story in Sweden and around the globe. And then I asked to come back to an operational role. And at that point, Hawkins Samuelson offered me to come across and work for Thomas Ingelart, our CEO. Um, and it was a, it was a, it took me about two seconds to decide. I mean, it, it's the first time in my career someone has actually turned around and said, would you like to be involved in launching a brand new car brand? And by the way, it's going to be a performance car brand. And by the way, it's going to be an electric performance car brand. It was a very, very easy decision to make. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have turned that down either. Yeah. But uh so, but you've been in the automotive industry for so long now. What what excites you about the automotive industry? What what's kept you in the in the in this industry? I think the passion for product. I think that um, everybody has an opinion on a car. Um, if you think about it, it comes out of sheet metal and it turns into something that evokes intense emotions. 
um, and to be working in an industry where you have people who are passionate who will put your product on their walls in a in in a photograph where people let's face it can also be passionate in the other sense and say that the you know a car a car is a scourge of the earth and we shouldn't be doing it what you don't have is indifference and i think that to work in in a business where you have people as passionate within the company as they are uh, the buying public um, means it is never dull and it's an industry that never stands still it has to deal with different trends and different movements and 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 the firm belief that you know i think the car is one of the one of the greatest um instruments of personal freedom and, and, and mobility since since the horse so you know I, I think it's it's a great industry to be involved with it's full of passionate talented people um, and I think I'd find it very difficult to go and work somewhere else yeah and I saw uh, one of your sibling companies Lincoln Co mm-hmm. had something on their website that said uh, we're a car brand for a world that doesn't need one another one of those or something along those lines and uh, there are I mean Obviously, you see like this movement towards not owning things, but uh, streaming, as they say, or uh, renting things. And how do you see that? Is that in your business model? And is it going to be? I think, does the world need another car brand? If if we're just bringing out a product and saying, hey, we're a new car brand and here's our product and our products are most beautiful and that's our only argument then i think you you'd question what the validity of a new car brand i mean every every parent thinks their children are the most beautiful so um but that was never what we've tried to do here um yes we will have fabulous product i think the 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 look and the drivability of our product they are excellent products they're wonderful products they excite me but at the same time we also had to come to market with a different proposition and i think that's one of the advantages you spent 30 years in the industry you've seen some of the things that have frustrated you over that period and you get the opportunity to do something different and i think that's what we at polestar are trying to do and if you look at the way in which we are bringing the car to market we're doing it in a different way from anyone else why because we can because we don't have a legacy to worry about we don't have to worry about having asked our retailers to invest in 10 million euro palaces that are out of town and everything else we can sit there and say in the true sense what does the customer want what's the customer want and our fundamental belief is that the customer wants a different retail experience so what are we doing we are a going to be a digital brand so you as the customer if you want to do everything online if you want to configure your car online find out about it order it get a demo at your home, get the car delivered to your home and never go into a dealership, you can. If you as a customer want to speak to someone at a call center who can answer questions, I think you can. Prefer to send them an email, you can. And we're also going to set up a network of what we call Polestar Spaces. So Polestar Space is going to be around 250 square meters. So it's going to be quite small, two, three cars maximum. It's going to be in the town centers. So it's going to be where you go to shop normally. You're no longer with Polestar. You're not going to have to drive out of town to a motor alley where no other shops are, where the only reason to go there is is a car. You're going to walk into a beautifully crafted, intimate atmosphere that's not going to be intimidating at all because it's much smaller. It's got a mu- almost a museum feel in the way in which it's it's styled and designed. And lit. 
and lit, exactly. And then you're going to meet Polestar specialists who will not be being paid commission. They will earn nothing by getting you to sign anything because you can't because you as the customer are going to sign online with a digital brand. Their one job will be to answer your questions and to give you the experience that you're looking for. Now that is an experience that is not available anywhere in the car industry. Why? Because salespeople who do a good job are sold. They're paid on commission. So their first job is to judge you as you walk in the door. Is this somebody who can buy a car? Then secondly, the manufacturers quite often wholesale stock into the dealers. So you come in for your white BMW and the dealer's trying to sell you a red one that he's got round the back because he's got three of them and he's offering you 5,000 euros off the price. I don't think that's the retail experience. And as a new startup, that's the thing that we can change. So our dealers, and we've gone to Volvo retailers who are investing in the Polestar space, who believe in the the principles that that I've just talked you through, They want to set up a completely different retail experience and we will do that. We will not force you into a color that you don't want. We will not make you sign anything because you will make that decision yourself and sign on your own time. And we'll actually put the fun back into buying a motor car again. The second area is after sales. Now, one of the great advantages of our 50% ownership by Volvo cars, working with Volvo dealers is they have the after sales infrastructure already set up. So, the, the Polestar customer will know that they will have their car maintained by trained, talented Volvo technicians who are used to working on that platform, so there's no worries about that. The difference is that we will offer pickup and delivery servicing. So you, the customer, will know my car's being maintained by the Volvo dealership. The thing is you don't have to go there yourself. You can, We'll arrange with you when's a good time to take your car in for servicing. You could well be doing an interview with someone from Polestar know that your car's going to be outside for that period of time. We'll come and pick it up. You don't even need to leave the interview because you've got phone as a key technology. So you'll get a notification that the driver's there to pick your car up. They'll have a digital key to enter your car, take your car away, service it, wash it, clean it, bring it back. And when you come out after the interview, there's your car sitting there gleaming away and you haven't had to stand at the service reception at eight o'clock in the morning, you haven't had to rush back at four o'clock in the afternoon, yet you've got the comfort of knowing that it's trained and talented technicians who've done it. And I think that's a totally different ownership experience to what people are used to. Yes, for sure. Uh, I have had that experience a couple of times, but only uh, at the mercy of uh, you know when there was time. But when it happened, oh, how I love that, because you don't have to go to Upnas Vespi or wherever, you know, far out in the outskirts of the city so that sounds amazing and but you are from great britain somewhere i mean i'm from england yeah that uh, that well-known politically very stable country that's uh, <laughs> that either is or isn't in europe yes i'm thinking of the song englishman in new york but you're in gothenburg yeah i'm an englishman in sweden that's in sweden right. yeah so how do, how do you uh, how do you see that just uh, from a personal view as a as an an Englishman. Oh, it's fa- it's fabulous. I've been here for what five years, um, and it's it's amazingly easy country to live in. Um, you've I find Gothenburg a wonderful city. Uh, it's big enough to have absolutely everything you want, and yet it's small enough to be intimate. Um, I think fabulous restaurants, huge friendliness from the from the people, um, and you're within you know. 
20 minutes drive from the, some of the most breathtaking countryside that you see anywhere. So it's just been a wonderful, wonderful experience living in here and, 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 and I'm delighted to do it and uh, um, very, very special. And then I think that the, one of the things that I've loved has been the there is a real work-life balance in, 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 in Sweden. And I think from what I've seen in most of the Nordic countries that sometimes in the UK and France and Belgium where I've lived before, we, we maybe lose sight of. Yeah, it's um, it's great to hear you say that. And you know, from an outsider's perspective, because we kind of don't get that perspective so often, what do you see in, in entrepreneurship and intrapreneurship in Sweden that you do you think is specific for this region? Well, I think one of the one of the the great things is you, you have a you have a huge engineering background uh, and 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 mastery in Sweden. I think the engineering talent is is quite extraordinary, which enables you to have ideas and put those ideas into practice. Um, secondly, I think there is an openness to ideas um, in, in 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 Sweden and an openness to challenge the existing status quo. Um, uh, and and I think that that's hugely important in in the spirit that you see in companies like ours and other startup companies that, that that we know about and that I've been involved with over here. You see that that spirit of entrepreneurship is is alive and well because people are prepared to challenge convention and are open to do that. And I think that that's one of the refreshing parts of of, of the personality of Sweden and Swedish people that I've seen is that they are prepared to. Doesn't they always respectfully, always <laughs> respectfully, yeah. uh, and challenging? No, but the the the, the way in which the Swedes challenge is in a different way. Uh, it doesn't need to be loud and brash, but it can be in presenting ideas in a different way and and very politely. So I, I find it a wonderful environment to work in, um, and people are respectful and will listen to new ideas as opposed to maybe in some other countries having them shouted down. Um, and I think that 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 creates a great opportunity for for new ideas to flourish and i think that's why startups succeed so well in sweden so have you picked up any swedish habits yet that you think you <laughs> any swedish habits <laughs> um i mean go out on a boat fairly regularly that's the uh, you know i think i i think the that the, the one the love of the outdoors um i think both in summer and winter the ability to go out the ability to go out on a boat for me is is is, is a fantastic liberty I'm, I'm a londoner so it wasn't it wasn't a huge opportunity for me there um the whole nature of uh of fika and having having a chat over uh, over a coffee i think is is a is another wonderful habit and now we're also coming into one of my favorite parts of the year when it's uh, all the swedes get very depressed about the darkness of <laughs> winter um I, I find that the way in which you see it compensated by the use of lights um, and the warmth that you, you you find in all the rest of it. I find it quite exciting and, and yeah, maybe some snow as well. So it's uh, an exciting period of the year and uh, I, I don't get as depressed about it as maybe some of my Swedish colleagues. No, it's good. I asked you all these questions uh, to, to kind of boost our confidence because we it, we always get depressed in the, in, the, in the fall. So it's for the listeners. So thank you so much for that. And um, uh, is there anything you think that we should have talked about that we haven't talked about? Um, no, I mean, I think for, for, for us, we've we've been given a unique challenge. And the unique challenge is to launch a brand new electric performance car brand uh, to make it relevant, to launch it on a global basis. And I think that's one of the exciting challenges. There are many startups, but we'll be one of the few startups that will be a global uh, electric vehicle company. Um, so we'll be launching in the US. We'll be launching in six countries in Europe, Sweden, Norway, obviously, obviously, Amongst those, 
um, and we'll be launching in China. So I think it's 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 a hugely exciting project. Um, I think it's an exciting project that both the people in Sweden here, where where we've got all the engineering going on, uh, can be hugely proud of. But it's equally, I'm very proud of the fact that you know we're 50% Geely owned as well, um, and our manufacturing plants will be in China, which will be the biggest EV market in the world bar none. Um, so for us to be in China, Europe and the United States and to launch this brand and, and to see the quality of work that's gone in and the commitment of the people within our company is for me a source of pride every day. So uh, I'm very proud of what we've done and I'm very excited about what's still to come. And uh, I think that in a few years time, we're going to see a very, very successful Polestar that everyone's going to be talking about. That's awesome. And I'm very much looking forward to getting on the road in one and trying it out. We'll get that sorted. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye.